0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I'm Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It came out during my show. I was on the air. It happened during the show that Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the incredible basketball reporter for ESPN, put together a story with this headline, Bulls seeking top executive with full authority on basketball decisions. Ah. Hopefully that is true. In Adrian's report, he says that the Bulls are now in a formal search process and that they're going to start their interviews next week and they're going to do them the way that all of us have been kind of communicating with each other over the last few weeks. They're going to do like a teleconference, a Skype. Um, they're, they're going to to talk with these people via video, maybe a Zoom, a WebEx, whatever it takes to, to talk to these people. There are a couple of candidates. I'd be lying to you if I told you that I knew anything about the, the candidates that both Woj and Casey Johnson have put out there. But I will throw the names out there. Because maybe you know a little bit more. One is Karn- Uh Sovas Out of Denver. And Bobby Webster. Who was really instrumental. In helping to put together the, the Raptors. Under. Uh, um Masai Ujiri. So. Those are a couple names. Casey added a couple more. But to me, the, the names don't matter that much. Whomever they they put in place, wh- whoever they choose from, I'm sure a good candidate pool of NBA people that would be willing to take on a project like the Bulls, my hope is that whomever they bring in, they do have the full support and operating power that Adrian kind of says that they're going to do like I'll go back to the headline seeking top executive with full authority on basketball decisions that leads me to a couple of questions one let's say I'm the candidate and I'm hired or I'm 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 close to being hired if I have full autonomy when it comes to this does the organization have to find places for John Paxson and for Gar Foreman and for Jim Boylan? Or is this one of those things where it's kind of a wink and a nod? Like, go back and think about Ryan Pace being hired to be general manager, where your coach is pretty much hand for you already, and then you have to walk into that. I understand why someone who's looking for a promotion – Even in Ryan Pace's case, like these opportunities don't come along very often. So when those opportunities do come along, you kind of have to take them. I get that. But if I'm this person and I'm comfortable where I'm at, if I feel like I can stay in Toronto or Oklahoma City or Denver, instead of coming in and not being able to do all the things that I think are necessary to do, to try and make the Bulls a winner, do I really want the job? The other part is, if I'm brought in, I I don't really need anyone to hold my hand. And I also don't need anyone talking to the owner about the decisions that I make. And I feel like what's getting ready to happen is... John Paxson is going to pre- be promoted to a position where it's an advisory role, that he becomes the advisor to the owner or something like that. And I don't know how comfortable I would be if I were one of these people that were in line for the job knowing that he's going to be there. Can I come in and, and do it right now? Can I, can I clean house right now once I'm hired, if I'm hired before – things get back started, which is another really interesting thing. I the Bulls had initially, and this is this is KC's reporting, Casey Johnson's reporting, they had initially thought that they were going to wait until the season was over. Which makes sense. Like that's kind of what we all thought it was going to be. But because of all of this, it's possible that the Bulls would have another guy in charge of the franchise when slash if things get back to some sort of normal inside the NBA. All right. That I I think that they're I actually really like that as a as a business move by the Bulls. I like it a lot. And the reason that I like it is it would give that person an opportunity to really get a good landscape of how things work right now with the Bulls. They could take a look at some of the players and they can try and make some sort of determination. What I hope is that whomever they hire has a a clear plan of attack and is capable of verbalizing how it is that he's going to, or she, is going to change things. Because the fortune of the Bulls has been, it's been like a broken record. Over the last few years, what usually happens is They don't get anywhere close to achieving what they set out for themselves or what we as the fan base set out for them as goals. And then they end up with injuries like everyone else in the league and in every other sport. And then those injuries don't allow them to continue their examination of where they're at as a franchise. So they're kind of perpetually stuck in neutral. And if you think I'm kidding, take a listen to this. A couple minutes of John Paxson. I had to go back. I went back and looked at it. This is from February during the all-star, the trade deadline when the bulls didn't really do anything. And you're going to hear John Paxson talk about some things that seem really familiar for anyone who's a bulls fan.
1: Well, and we weren't going to be buyers per se. I mean, uh, just given the fact that you know the roster, the way we, we have it right now, and the fact we've had kind of a disjointed year with the injuries, we weren't we weren't going to trade Zach Lowry, Wendell, Kobe. You know, we're Why gonna not go that route um, because we don't know what we have yet, and we need to see. And uh, um, you know, and that's we've known that you know all year long. So it uh, you know Gar's on the phone a lot with teams, but um, you know we, we we made a deal last trade deadline that we were hopeful would help us you know obviously Otto's had a lot of injuries since he's been here but you know the way we're we're looking at it right now is that you know we anticipate that Lowry Otto and Wendell are going to be back by the end of this month and uh and that they can get back on the floor and we can you know we can get them playing together a little bit and see what uh see where we're at would that be enough time for you to judges thing, go into the off season, and then maybe pivot from this current rebuild and go in a different direction. Or that's that's a decision for the, you know down the road. And but we we obviously want our young guys to get out on the floor. We need them to. Yeah. When you traded for Otto, you talked about the plan, kind of getting the relevancy this season, and then you know creating some buzz. So by two thousand twenty one, you'd be an attractive destination for free agents. Where do you think you guys stand in that pursuit? Well, I, I said it earlier this year that we haven't played as well as we all hoped we would. Um, and that was when, you know, outside of Ottawa, we still had a fairly healthy roster. But now the the injuries have really hit us, so we've, you know, we, we need to get those guys back and play. And, you know, relevancy will depend on the growth of, of those guys. Um, you know, in, in particular, you know, Lowry, Wendell, Kobe, Chandler. Uh, so, you know, that's – we're still in that position. And like I said, there's no uh, – there's no quick solution to it. It's when you're trying to develop players, and that's what we're trying to do. Is there still long-term belief in both Zach and Lowry? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Zach's had, hey, Zach's had a great year. I mean, he, uh, you know, and it's it's no secret had, and this way it should be, players were rewarded for the All-Star game by, on teams that were winning, and that's that's the way it should be. But Zach has had a a an excellent year, and from the time we've had him. We've all seen growth in him and confidence in him, and we put a lot on his shoulders. You know, so um, Zach's a very, very talented player, and from many of the phone calls we got, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a common theme around the league. People people like. John, John, you had high hopes going into the season, playoff aspirations. Unfortunately, once again, the injuries. I mean, how disappointing, if that's the right word, has this season been to date? Well, I, don't, I don't get disappointed so much. Uh, I, mean, I feel bad for the guys when they get hurt because they want to play. Um, we want to see what we have. You know, I, I think one thing that, you know, hopefully keeps trending the right way is for us is, you know, Chandler's getting an opportunity now. And, you know, he had some injuries early on. and But he's starting to show some signs of – playing the way we we hope he can play consistently. Um, his, his length athleticism, his slashing ability has has been good, you know, lately and uh, he needs to keep growing with that. Anytime you have young guys, you're gonna they're gonna have ups and downs, but uh, you know we, we need to get, you know, obviously we need to get Lowry and Wendell back on the floor. Those are two cornerstones for us to, you know, to determine, you know, where we're at and how we're going.
0: So similar themes that we're used to hearing from John Paxson, Gar Foreman, and in the case of Jim Boylan over the last year and a half with him, that they can't get a real true evaluation on who they are because they've had so many injuries, they can't see if if guys – I'm willing to accept that to a point. I mean, I understand the logic of it that obviously it's better to see what guys can do together – than kind of this disjointed thing that's happened with players being in and out of the lineup. The only problem is, is that in games where they were mostly healthy, and it's a super small sample size of nine games, but it wasn't like they were that much better. The biggest problem that the Bulls have right now is that no matter how good you think Zach Levine is, and I I think that he's pretty good, I, I think that he... If you put Zach on another team that had championship aspirations and a true like lead guy on it, I think you'd love for him to be the 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 third option on a team. His numbers to me look a little inflated because who else was going to do the scoring? And I'm I'm really not trying to diss Zach. I've I enjoyed what he did throughout the season, and I think that he got better. But I still don't think that there's anyone on that roster that, whether it's Pax or Foreman or Jim Boylan or Michael Reinsdorf or Jerry Reinsdorf, would tell you that they have the superstar in place. So it becomes about identifying talent. And that's something that I don't think that this Bulls front office has done a good job of. They've got guys that are okay, that are pretty good. But there there hasn't been a star on this team in a very long time. And it makes team building that much more difficult, which means that whomever they end up hiring, the new set of eyes is going to have to have, in my opinion, some real strong credentials when it comes to scouting because the Bulls are in a in a strange place. They always end up in the lottery, but it never seems like they're in in a position to find a player in the lottery that's going to change who they are fundamentally it's kind of players like this where it's like, yeah, yeah, I I understand why they're excited about Larry Markkinen. He's got a lot of things from a trait standpoint that you would like. He's tall. He can shoot the three. He he can run the floor. But something's happened to him, and I don't think that it's just injuries. I don't want to rehash everything that happened in the 2019-2020 season. I will say that I'm looking forward to seeing what happens here. And I I do love the idea that they're going to do this right now and then try to hire someone right now to come in and get them prepared for whatever the 2020-2021 slash season looks like. And that, to me, doesn't have to be them being a playoff team. It's going to be whatever this guy's vision. The bottom line is, we know that there has been extreme effort. I don't want to act as if John Paxson hasn't worked hard at his job. He has. That seems to be the thing that if you criticize someone for not doing a job well, then you're taking a shot at their their work ethic, and I'm not. I, I think that he works extremely hard. I think it pains him. I've been to, to the United Center. I've seen enough games – of John Paxson with his head in his hands in a skybox because things aren't going the way that he wants them to go. It's not a matter of working harder. It's a matter of working smarter. It's a matter of finding someone who can actually put into work their vision of the team. And I hope that they find who they're looking for. And I hope that that person has real authority when it comes to what they can and cannot do. If they want to move everyone out in the Bulls front office right now, including the coach, they should be allowed to do that. Because if they're not allowed to do that, then you really haven't given them power. And there still gets to be people who whisper into ownership's ear, who know more about basketball than ownership does. And they've trusted those people for a lot longer. And I think that they've trusted those people to the detriment of the franchise. Good luck to the Bulls. It's clearly a job that a lot of people want. I hope it's exactly what it looks like where you're going to get the power. I hope Woj's headline is right, that you're talking about having – All decision-making power when it comes to the basketball side. Because if not, we're going to be stuck here a while. Thanks for listening.